Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Flames Fancast. Uh, congratulations to you, Jank, on reaching this milestone. Congratulations to you. This is about the only happy thing we're going to have for this show. Tyler, no. without you, this show wouldn't have happened. <laughs> without you, this podcast wouldn't have happened. Without you, my life would be much better, actually. I knew, we can move on. From I knew that. there was something there. Um, I can't praise you blindly. It's uh, March 1st in the evening for us here in Calgary. Mm. Um, there's still like 90 seconds or some left in the atrocity of a hockey game that we just watched for the... We just turned it off and we said, fuck it, we're going to do this. Actually, I went to the washroom and I told Jank, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we put the goalie back in and they scored? And when I was in there, I just heard laughing, so I knew exactly what happened. But, uh... Well, that sucks. Um, <sighs> is well, there anything positive we have from our last show? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> you know, we should just end the podcast now. <laughs> There's none to talk about other than negative shit. And, like, you know, that's negative. What? You're being negative. The Flames are being negative. I'm being negative. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm back in the boat of I want to <sighs> blow the fucking team up again. Um, but I... I I, there, there is. It, it's just such a big contrast between what we saw in the first five games and what we've been watching for like the last ten. No, it's yeah, it's been. Like, I, what I don't. The fuck I, I, I think we talked about last episode. You know, solving the consistency issues, and clearly we have not done that. It's gone worse, actually. It, I mean, you look at last game, a six-two win. You look at this game. I don't know. We were losing five-one. Hopefully it doesn't get any worse, but a 5-1 loss. And I mean, that's just... And so now There was we're, just no character in tonight's performance. And now we're 1-2 and two against, against the arguably team. the worst team in the NHL, which we're actually bringing a run for their money at this point. But, like, how do you go from basically looking like a team that had their shit together, that looked like they were consistent, that looked like, okay, finally we got a good goalie, da-da-da-da-da, and now we're at this point where it's like, we're... We were like actually hoping that we would split the fucking series against fucking Ottawa. How, no, how that's does that the best. That's the best case scenario now. Yeah, best case. Like we have two more games against them coming up, and then yeah, because it's five in a row. No, right? well, I I'm, I I take the series like the direct games. So we right, have four. Okay. Yeah, so four. And, and the harkens to another point I'll bring up is that you know when we had that four game series against Vancouver. Uh, we we get four points out of five. We're four points, and they got five. Yeah, we've we just had a two four game series against the two worst teams in the whatever whatever you can't, the Enterprise Rent a Snow Division. You can't split games against the worst teams in the league. Well, we we did. Well, at best, we will. No, but you can't. We like, could actually lose to Ottawa and go two points from a possible eight. You want to make the playoffs, you can't do that. I don't think we're going to make the No, like, look, let's just say it straight up. We're bad. And it, there's a combination here. I think the coaching is quite terrible. Um, but ultimately, I've always never been a fan of, like, you know, pulling out the stops for the coach. It's like, well, it's the coach this, coach that, the coach this. Well, guess what? If the players aren't fucking scoring, then whose fault is that really anyway at this point? And again, mm. it's... It's this echo chamber that we go through season after season. We've had this podcast for, what, three years now? Four? And we've gone through how many fucking coaches? And we have yet to change the core? Well, it's not Johnny's fault. But frankly, Johnny's been the only guy that's been stepping up this year. 
Um, been kind of quiet last whatever this game, but he's allowed to have the odd game here and there. But in, quite in general, it just by and large, you keep changing the coach, but the core stays relatively the same. It's not really the coach, is it? No, I, I agree. I I look at these performances and just the uh, well. I struggle because the coach has to motivate the players to play better than they did in that awful second period. And the third period wasn't much better. There was just was no urgency. No. And I feel like that's, that is the coach's job to motivate these guys to do that. At the same time, I feel like the kind of group of players like a Johnny Goudreau, who's been one of our better players, and a Sean Monaghan just doesn't look motivated. He looks injured again. Again, R- Rasmus Anderson looks like he's taking his position on this team for granted. Like that shovel pass to the blue line that they highlight—it's just lazy on the power play. And, and the the, the Monahan play on the board is just kind of the puck trickled pass. He turns around, skates, you know, longingly towards the puck. Yeah, on our power play in the third period, you're talking about. Yeah, <sighs> where's he- the urgency in it, boys? Like, I I don't know, but. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I, as a fan, I think I look back, you know, I'm very hard on myself in life and everything else, but I look back at my opinions and it's just because I'm a Flames fan, I've overvalued these guys. And I just don't think what we have is very, very good. No, we, we, we <laughs> definitely start off the season. I mean, again, I think in fairness, we did play well. Uh, we did look pretty good, but you know, <sighs> our inherent bias toward the team definitely showed too. I mean, it is what it is though like if you're a fan of a team like you will have this inherent bias like even just right now like fucking 10 minutes ago tyler was sitting there fucking bargaining with himself saying we just need two more goals in the next eight minutes but i don't know where those goals are going to come from no i know but like a normal like a person a hockey fan that's not a flames fan but a hockey fan that watches a game like this as a neutral is not going to sit there and be like the Flames are going to score. No, There's they'd, no chance. They'd be sitting there looking like the Flames are awful. Yeah, man. they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're not going to score two goals in eight minutes. But, I mean... I just... I just, There was no tenacity to that performance. There was no urgency. And there was no... Ottawa wanted it more. And Ottawa's kind of wanted it more in every single game. And I think, like, it just... just it, we've talked about the character thing so many times. and. It's one thing to not have consistent character, but it's another thing to see character collapse like it does with us. Like, it collapses almost in a spectacular way. Like, when, when the fucking... When shit's hitting the fan, when it seems like all backs are in the corner, our team crumbles just exponentially more than everybody else. You know, whereas Ottawa's at this point where they kind of have this, we have none to lose mentality every game, Right? They already kind of know their their fate is sealed. But for whatever reason, we've put this extra pressure on ourselves. Like it, it's the way it looks on the ice right now. It's like they almost think like they should be first, and then they crumble so hard when things don't go their way. When in reality, it's like boys, we're just not that good. So you need to start playing a little bit more. Like you have nothing to lose. Okay, we've we've watched almost half. I, 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 there's a lot of things you touched on there, but I want to touch on this. We've played almost half of the games in the, our North division here. Skill wise, where do we rank up? We are the what best team on paper. After you've seen the play this far, we should finish week. No, no, no. Just our seven Canadian teams. We're among the worst. We're, we're fifth. 
Yeah, I mean, we're not better than Edmonton. We're not better than Toronto. They're no. they're a long ways away from us. Like we no, should be a bit more fired Montreal. up in those Battle of Edmonton games, and it's just it's just a goddamn embarrassment to watch that. To yeah. watch this, like, oh man, it's embarrassing to watch knowing that that's your rival, right? Like, it's embarrassing to me to feel like I feel more shame than they do. <laughs> You know, you know what? That's a good point. It kind of feels like that, doesn't it? It does. I'm sure these guys actually go home pissed, but I do feel like you and I feel more ashamed. I than mean, one I, of the I listened to these Kachuk interviews, and he's like, "Yeah, I really got to take it on myself." I'm like, "Okay, stop putting the puck between your legs and trying to put it in the net. Just smack a few in, man. Play hockey. Don't hot dog. Play hockey." Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really tired of that power play play where he fishes it through. And it, it, it doesn't work. And the two times it's come off in his career, sure, it's looked great. And, you know, Nashville didn't do their homework because they had a back-to-back against us, and they didn't know that Kachuk was going to do that. But everyone knows everything in the North Division now. Like, they know what you're going to do. You tried that move five times one game. Like, that's, that's, I've never seen a move tried five times in a single game. Like, if I'm the coach and I'm seeing that, I'm just telling straight up to Kachuk, I'm like, listen. You got to start getting some points before you start doing this shit again. I was Period. supportive of Ward. I think he did deserve, deserve the chance. Ward is not the answer, man. Please. He cannot. I don't think he has a. I don't think he has a very good hockey brain. I don't think he's surrounded himself with good hockey people, and I definitely don't think he can motivate this group of players. What ended it for me for Ward this year, and I agree with you, hundred and ten percent at the beginning of the season during the off season. Even shortly right after the playoffs, I was like, you know what? This guy deserves a chance because, number one, it does seem like he's got the player's ear, which is always really important. And number two, it just feels like he kind of had that. I mean, he was on Boston. He was one yeah. of the assistant coaches. Yeah. Like, so he's seen what it takes to go far. He's also, you know, he also saw this squad for what it was while Peters was around. And he knew what Peters is. Uh, personality was like and what didn't resonate with the guys so he had an advantage he's like okay i know how to act around these guys and i know what it takes but 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 when you have a fucking team and you've had guys like bennett and whoever who've been along for who've been around for a long time all of a sudden you're sitting there putting fucking lievo on the first line you're putting fucking did he ever put Nordstrom on the first? Probably tried it. Simone. And then Simone, what the fuck are you thinking? Like that, that right there, he sealed the envelope for me. I was done with him at that point. When I saw, it's one thing to see Lievo in that first game on the first line, and it's the fir- it's one thing to see Simone on that first line, his first game or whatever. But to constantly keep trying these guys on the first line, you're not only diminishing the value of the hockey on the fucking ice you're also making monahan and goodrow feel like fucking shit because you're putting a guy that unfortunately doesn't have both guys that don't have the talent or the aptitude to keep up with these guys monahan might not be playing well this year but he sure shit not fucking getting helped by getting someone like that put on his line neither is johnny and neither johnny is, johnny. is playing well this and year. johnny's playing johnny's playing extraordinary this year like, he really is. Like, this game, I mean, we'll write it off, but it's going to happen. But this is why you lost Bennett. You lost Bennett already. And I know that he kind of stepped up after the whole rumor thing, blah, blah, blah. But 
you still lost him because that's going to just resonate in his head. He's like, you know what? Fuck that. Like, why don't I deserve a chance at the first line more often? These guys are getting a pass. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you think the same, but yeah, to no. me, Ward was done when that kept going on. Well, I just don't see much going on from the the GM about the coach, and I don't see much about... I mean, the GM, to me, people are critical of Treliving, but to me, it looks like he's played every card he can to make this team better. I can't fault Treliving, to be honest. Like, he's trying. Markstrom's a great signing. You know, yep. Tanev, we needed... I, we're obsessed with that right-shot D-man. We went out and got one. Um, we made a rival weaker by signing these players. I mean, they're pretty good moves, and they're not the worst moves I've ever seen. Um, but... At the same time, I guess you have you, when you're constrained by the cap and you take these shots in the dark at these 700,000 players, Simone, Nordstrom, Levo, and hope that they somehow pan out. They're just not. They're not even close yeah. to that kind of quality. Uh, we don't really have any bona fide wingers that are scorers, that are snipers, that are talented outside of Johnny. I don't really know how to label Kachuk. And Mangiapane and Dubé may blossom into these players, but Dubé was a center who's moving to the wing. Bennett was a center who's moved to the wing. And we're, I think we're a little overstressed at having depth at center when, you know, maybe a, a one-two guy with a decent third guy would do it. Your fourth line in this day and age, I don't know if it should be playing so much. I kind of struggle as well with the coaches who, like, Ward does at times. They like to roll four lines. You're not going to have four lines of equity in a salary cap world. I'm sorry. No, you're not. It's just not possible. And in a professional sport, you need to be playing your best players as much as you can. Yeah, basically, you need to exhaust them as much as you can, but without really exhausting them, right? Like You need to know line. that fine line, but the, the answer is not rolling four lines. And you, I know you can't see me because this is a podcast. I just did it in air quotes, but it was fine. Yeah, yeah rolling Quotations. four lines but it's not <laughs> we're not a rolling four lines team there's a huge amount of discrepancy between our first line and our fourth line huge and we can't afford to do that and i watch these games and it, it, it we should be riding our stars more than we are because we need them we, we need them right now bottom line we need them to perform for us but yeah it's i feel hopeless yeah, it's it's tough. This this one's a tough one to record because what it comes down to is again, like I I agree with you. The GM not necessarily is my issue either. I, he has played every hand. He has ever played every card. We've made so many trades, so many coaching changes that I just I can't fault the guy at this point. No, but, I, but I, you know, he's also got to think about, you know, you got the expansion coming up and like how many of these guys can you keep? Well, you have to keep a handful of these guys. We're going to have to see some good guys go too. But, you know, like... I don't think the expansions are even our problem right no, now. No, it's not, it's not the problem. But what I'm saying you is... You can like, have half this team. I think <laughs> under the circumstances, he made so many changes. And I think we're still kind of geared to survive that expansion draft to a point where we're not going to get totally, like, ruined in, in talent. Well... So, I mean, now... Th what, what talent well, is going to get ruined right. here? And that's where it's at now. What talent? <laughs> like, at the beginning of the season, I was thinking, oh, we're going to have a problem because, you know, all these guys are firing. And I want to keep some of these guys. But now... Who, who's our best young forward? 
Who's the most? Who's the forward that gives you the most excitement for what they could become? Young forward? Or, no. I changed the question to just, this guy could be this, and I'm excited about that on the forward. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm still excited about Kachuk. I, I think he's still one of our best yeah, players. Yeah. I love Manjipane. I think he's going to be this up-and-coming guy for us. What? Is Manjipane going to be a first-line guy for us? I don't know. A second-line guy at best? Second-line guy for sure. Um, for me... They've tried him on the first. There's right? no one that, like... I want to look at in our system, and I'm excited about. I'm excited about this young core of players up front. I was excited about Valimaki. I'm still excited about Valimaki, but I want to temper that opinion now because it just doesn't seem like. How do I'm just jealous of other teams who just acquire these players, they fit into their system, and they come out firing. These these Kale McCarr type players who come out of nowhere. Maybe he didn't come out of nowhere, but I mean he was good. We just don't have anything like that. We don't have a dynamic a bit, yeah. center on our team who is dangerous to the other team. If you're if you're a defenseman on the other team and you see Monahan skating up the middle of the ice of you, you I don't feel like you feel very scared. Yeah. Whereas if you see that from you know, and there's some great centers in our league, Shifley, Matthews, uh, McDavid, obviously, but even like an Elias Pedersen to an extent, or I don't know. Yeah, I, with like Pedersen, they still people still give that respect on the ice. Right? These players are good. Yeah, because they know that like if they commit on a guy like Pedersen, they know that he's going to make a play that's going to be dangerous, right? Whereas it does feel like Monahan is a bit um, ho hum. Like he's going up the ice. His top speed is not very fast. He's not exactly super agile with the puck. He kind of just he just knows where to be on a goal, right? Like he just he just smells the right areas to be in. For a goal, I, I'm I not mean, sure, and I I agree with you. He's, he's got he, good, he's got good but, positioning, yeah. And but I don't know if this team right now needs a needs the goal mouth scavenger. Yeah, but his you always need a guy that has high IQ like that on the ice. I think the game is moving away from the kind of player that Monahan is. Maybe, but our number one center is slow as fuck. Yeah, you're right, and <laughs> well, it looks like that. Like, and I think. I'm going to go back to my conspiracy theory that I think he's just, like, always injured. I, I, I agree. You mentioned tonight he got hit on the boards, and you're like, it looks like he's injured. Yeah, he looked real slow after that hit, and it was just basically on the, I, at I the just, bench. I, you know, I, I don't want to be critical of the players, but I just have such a, uh, a depressed feeling about watching these games and watching these guys, you know, perceivably not give everything and not care as much as they could. And to have this problem be as consistent as it has been for years is extremely frustrating and, you know, extremely sad as a fan. Yeah. But what's the solution at this point? Well, I was going to ask you that. I think the number one solution is Fire Ward. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it seems to be, it seems to me is the most popular opinion uh, among the among the followers out there. But what else can you do? I mean, I don't think... I just... I hate... I hate the idea that firing someone is going to get... change things. Like, it's not. It, but It doesn't... Well, honestly, given our history right now in the last four seasons, it doesn't do anything. If anything, it's a fleeting one-year little honeymoon phase, and then it's gone again. We've had two Jack Adams winners. 
in the last like six fucking years or yeah. seven years, whatever it is. Hartley? Yeah. And fucking Peters. Yeah. So it's not like we had Peters bad... won and Jack Adams? Didn't he win that year? In Carolina? No, with with us, no? No, he never won Jack uh, Adams or, with us. Sorry, maybe I made a mistake there. But Hartley had Jack Hartley Adams. Hartley had with the Jack us, Adams. Yeah. Um yeah. But anyway, so but the first year that Peters was our coach, I know that there was a lot of talk about him yeah, yeah. being nominated and whatever. So I apologize to take that back. But regardless, the point still stands. You had two really good coaches in that time frame who did excellent in their first years. Yeah. Right? So, again, is it the coach or is it the players? I don't know. I think, the, I think well, <laughs> I don't think you have a choice other than Ward. Ward is just not a good coach. And I don't think you have a choice other than to fire Ward at this point. But I think the main problem is, as we've seen for years, the problem is the players. As mostly evidenced by our extremely lackluster playoff performances. Yeah. And, you know, that's starting to translate over into this season because it does have a bit more of a playoff vibe. Everyone's yeah. treating these four-game series as like, we want to win the series. Every other team seems to be more motivated to win that series than us. Yeah. On every occasion. And I, I highlight the times when Edmonton looked at the two games against us and they beat the shit out of us both times. And we were just kind of like, well, we're going to go play Ottawa next. It should be fun. And now we've, we've been, at best, a 50-50 split with Ottawa in this four-game series. Well, we're not even. No, 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 at best. We have yeah, to win no, the game best, in Calgary. Yeah. But, like, if you're not, if the players aren't, and that's, that's where I fall short of being able to answer this question. Because if the players aren't coming and fired up anyhow, like, I'm not relying on the coach at that level, at the professional level at this point, to sit there and play some fucking Metallica in the fucking dressing room and get the guys fired up. These are fucking professionals. They should know what's at stake when we play rival teams especially. They should be coming fired up every game. It's not, in my opinion, at this level, it's not the coach's job to motivate these guys unless it's like, you know, in an intermission, if they're playing like shit, huck a few fucking garbage, garbage cans and like, you know, kick a fucking machine down, whatever. I get that, right? But those are fleeting too. Those only work a handful of times in your stint. Yeah. It, you can't sit there and break a fucking vending machine every game. Well, Gulletson threw a stick and we're like... Yeah, and everybody made fun of him. <laughs> like, the players didn't respond to that. They were making jokes about the guy. Like, to me, if I was Treloving, I'd be like, look, Glenn, you're out. These guys don't even respect you. You just huck the stick into the fucking second tier of the Saddle Dome and everyone's making fun of you. This isn't the way, like, you've lost control. That's as simple as that's what I see. That's what I see. He wasn't saying. a good coach either, man. No, but I mean... We've had a consistent string of kind of subpar guys. Yeah, I mean, but we also had good coaches. Hartley was good. Peters was good in his first season. So... I don't know if it's really, like, again, I, I I'm having a hard time pinpointing what the, what the solution is. The problem is these players, they, they, they don't have the necessary character to play together or, or with any modicum of success. And I think that's been evidenced most abundantly this season when they've, always gone out and claimed publicly, we're going to step it up. It's on us as the players to play better. We know we can play better, and they have not. 
and they just have not. And I think it's it's so hard for GM in this salary cap day and age to go out there and make a blockbuster trade that's going to mix up the core of the group. We can't do that, right? How do you trade a Sean Monahan or a Johnny Goudreau or a I don't even know what other pieces we could trade that would be worth trading. And it it's just you know, we always talk about Kachuk kind of being the heir apparent for the captaincy after Giordano retires. I'm worried about that because Kachuk, to me, is not a good leader. And if that's the kind of example you want your team leading by, we're not going to do well. You don't want your Matt Cooks as your captains. And you don't want your players who are shit disturbers as your captains. Like, Giordano is a good captain. And I, and, I, and I think that if players aren't looking at Giordano and his career and his body of work and respecting that and buying into what he's saying because the amount of frustration that I see on that guy's face regularly has to be coming from somewhere, um, that's a problem with them. And it's just like I wouldn't want a Line 8 or a Dubois or a William Nylander who's a contract standout on my team because these players are problems. And you look at how Nylander's been since he came back, just I wouldn't want that. Dubois complaining about whatever with Tortorella, Liney just wanting out of Winnipeg, having garbage seasons and just getting benched in his first couple games in Columbus. Uh, these are not the players that you want. And to, to find the players that are the antithesis of that is what you need. But we have something in between, which is just a ho-hum group of guys who are like, I'm really happy to collect my paycheck and go out there and play hockey. And then, you know, get back to my room and play Fortnite with the boys afterwards. Like the, the character and the winning mentality is just not there. And I, I don't think, I don't think you can really teach that, you know, there is, there is that summer camp mentality for sure going on. I mean, it's not to say that all of them are like that. Again, you have to give credit when it's due. I think Johnny doesn't have that mentality this season so far. I mean, we've been critical. I think everyone's been, anyone who says they haven't been is lying out of their ass. But, you know, everyone's been critical of Johnny in his down seasons, like last season, for example. Um, You know, everyone was critical of Monty last season. I mean, what it comes down to also is bringing in guys that is the antithesis of, you know, uh, Line A or, or Dubois. It's the problem is I think most clubs know that there's so much value to that now that I think that character in the dressing room that brings that consistency, that brings that competitiveness every fucking game is actually very addictive and very good for a team that his salary actually gets bumped up because of that. Yeah, well, I mean... Like, honestly, like, I don't think Wayne Simmons is, like, a, a super talented guy. But Wayne Simmons is clearly someone that gets liked a lot. Someone that brings that energy, competitive, has won a cup or yeah. a couple cups uh, with the Kings, right? Um, I think it was. I'm, I might be really I, you off might be my right. You today. might be right. But either way, Simmons is one of those guys that I actually really like because he really brings it every game. Every game I've watched with him, and I've watched quite a bit, like he comes out competitive with some fire and wants to fucking win. A guy like Reeves, Ryan Reeves, like it's the same thing. You never had an off game with that guy. And you know, Vegas's team from a few seasons back is an exact example of what good character does, right? 
it's not like they had standout guys when they made the final in their first year. They didn't have standout guys. It was just a bunch of guys that were never really given looks in the first line on their respective teams. They were never even really given looks second line. And all of a sudden, they come in, they, get, they buy into this mentality. They're like, we're all going to be competitive. We're all going to have no egos. We're all going to come out and play hard for each other and try to make this fucking work and prove to the other teams that didn't give us first line minutes, we can fucking do this. And in all fairness, and I, it would have been really good for the sport if they won that year, but regardless, making the finals almost as good. And that right there should be a lesson to players across the league. It's like, dude, you all have like a baseline level of talent in hockey. You all have a very good baseline level. There aren't many plugs left in the league. I, I agree with right? you 100%, but everyone looks at that and doesn't say that. They say the expansion draft system was unfair and Vegas was too good. Yeah, I'm but like, that's horseshit. No. Because nobody said Vegas' team was good after the expansion draft was done. Everybody was fucking making fun of their team. And Vegas created a culture of winning. Yeah. And the players that they wanted and said, you have a point to prove, go out there and yeah. prove it the every average, single night. The average fan didn't know who the fuck Marsha Soul was. Don't, and no one can bullshit me that. Like, I, Shea Theodore? Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore is a candidate for Team Canada now. There you go. Like the only guy, guys, like, like the only guy that average fans knew of was probably just Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. More or less. Um, they got, they got what's-his-nuts, too. James Neal. Well, right. But, yeah. Why do you have to go down that path? <laughs> but, but my, I remember they had a star, and he was the guy, yeah, right? Yeah, but my, my point still stands. Like, James Neal, look, even James, actually, that's a good point. Even James fucking Neal, who has basically shown fairly, pretty much nothing since, it just goes to show you what a good team atmosphere and, and a collective mindset to winning brings out in every other player. Like, James Neal's talented. No one's going to ever argue that. But, you know, well, honestly... What does it say like, to you that Vegas knew we're not too interested in re-signing James Neal? Yeah, and that should have been a warning sign, right? And, you know, if you're, looking, if you're the Flames, if you're Chelving, maybe you should have focused on getting players from teams like that. Maybe that's your hindsight trade, right? But, I mean... Sometimes you got to be not afraid of, to make that step. Be like, okay, just as an example, I'm not saying I want to trade Goudreau, even though I'm sure we've said in this podcast many times, maybe it's time to let him go or whatever. But if he's going to play like this, I never want to see him go. But say we dealt him. There's nothing wrong with getting a guy or two guys in return from a team that they've worked hard in, they play hard, and they come out every game and put up solid points. They don't need to put up all-star points. They just need to put up good points every year. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, at this point, uh, what is convincing Johnny to stay? Well, right now, nothing. Nothing. I mean, if anything, I don't want him to get held back and stay here. He does deserve a shot at, at winning this fucking thing. Um, he is talented, but... We don't have a shot with these guys. We don't. We can barely hold on to fourth place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's more me kind of like being like a faux agent for Johnny right now, but just saying like, I wouldn't want to keep him here purely because I think we're just holding him back. Right. But that's just, I mean, you don't think like that when you run a fucking club, but um, I mean, something's got to give at this point. And I think it's trading players before you fire a coach. 
I yeah, I just think firing the coach is the easiest option. That's why it gets done. Well, it's done. the quickest option, but again, like other than yeah, anyway, you know, Ward's done in my head just because of what he did with Simone and and uh, ah, I forgot his name, Lievo. I think that was just so fireable in my head, but it was just so amateur in my opinion to do that. No, numerous times, right? Uh, I mean, he just—it was worth a shot. He just kind of plays stop. the book out of the, you know, coaching for basics. He kind of yeah, makes the play like out that. of the coaching for basics book every time, right? Yeah, things I didn't aren't like working. That. Juggle the lines, juggle the lines, juggle the pairings. Send a message, bench a player, yada yada yada. Yeah, and like honestly, I don't know why he benched Bennett that one game. Like it was just a couple games ago. Like Bennett did nothing wrong. Like there's some like there's something more going on. And I think if anything management is guilty of is that they know what the bad apples are in the dressing room. They know. Yeah. So you got to just get rid of it. Whatever it is, whoever it is, even if it's like Manje Pane and fucking Dubey that are the bad apples that are bringing this team down, although I really doubt it, just deal them. Just get rid of them, right? The coach in this instance, I think, yeah, I, I would probably think he needs to go because of the Leovo thing. but. In general, I think you try the players first this time. I mean, it hasn't worked. I just think it's hard to make a deal. And, yeah, it's on for living. Yeah. Yeah. Bah, blah, blah. I, I mean, like, we're playing at home next, right? Yeah, we're at home on Thursday against the Sens, and I think we play... Toronto before we play the Sens again. Right. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm looking it up as we speak. I mean, what do we need in the next five games here other than answering me 10 points? No, sorry. We play the Oilers on Saturday night. So Thursday, Sens, Oilers Saturday, Sens Sunday. Right. I'm not looking forward to playing the Oilers. Canadians, Canadians, Oilers, Oilers, Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is the season here. This is it. Like, you need to. Um, well, we need to. We need to win on Saturday. We need to win on Thursday. We pretty much need to win like five in a row. I'm not gonna lie to you, because everyone's getting points that aren't us. Like, we didn't get shit tonight. And Ottawa got points, and they're below us. Um. Yeah. <sighs> I, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to reinstill false hope in me, like you always do, because you're the flames, you go on and you win four out of the next five. I'll even take that. But where, <laughs> what do you think? Do you think we'll beat Ottawa on Thursday? I think we'll win. Somehow we'll win. We're gonna squeak. We're gonna squeak out like a dirty three-two, and then we're gonna play Edmonton on Saturday cocky as fuck because we just had a win against Edmonton or Ottawa we're going to get killed and then all that hope is going to be gone I literally think Edmonton are going to kill us on Saturday and I, I never say that usually my line is you know fuck Edmonton fuck the Oilers but <sighs> I hate being a realist and, and like a sports fan at the same time but we're actually pretty bad it's not funny. We're bad. I'm not laughing. I, I, I'm not laughing because I find it humorous. I'm laughing because I'm just, I don't know how to Cause, react cause, anymore. Because you don't actually think we're going to beat Ottawa on Thursday. No, I don't. I, I'm and, sorry. And you, I don't think we're going to beat Edmonton on Saturday. 
what is going to change between now and Saturday where we're somehow motivated and looking at that game? Like, it to me, the the last two game series against Edmonton, it's like the bargaining. You're a fan. You're bargaining with yourself. I'm like, okay, we're going to, we can bounce back from this because we just need X, Y, and Z to happen down the road. We're going to get six out of eight points against the Sens when we play them. We're, they're the worst team in the division. We're going to come out and, you know, show what we're ma- No, we haven't done that. And now the bargaining continues just like this. We'll win five out of five. We're just bad and we can't sustain it. And the, the matter, the truth is we're going to finish fifth or sixth. And it's not even going to be close to those top four teams of Winnipeg, Edmonton, Toronto, and Montreal. There's going to be a big gap between those teams and us. And we're going to be in with the Vancouver's and Ottawa's and the Flames. We're going to be fifth, and it's going to be a distance from playoffs because we're. Imagine if we actually lose on Thursday. What happens? You just dropped. uh, You got a two out of a possible eight points against four direct games against the Sens. Okay, head a head has to roll after that. A head should be rolling after tonight, to be honest, because the expectations in Ottawa are nothing. Yeah, you are expected to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. You're overachieving right now. Our expectations were like you should be, you know, second or third in the division. You got a good goalie, a new D signing. You're a solid team. You know, good goal scoring in Goudreau, Kachuk, Lindholm, Monahan. Yeah. You know, you're going to grind out the wins and get the results you need. Fuck no. Imagine if we actually lose to Ottawa on Thursday. I don't think we're going to win. We have a, I don't, I, did I just say we were going to win? I, I can't even remember. This team is so you're crazy. So, you're so angry. I just don't, I mean, it's frustrating because you're always looking at that and saying, here we go, here we go, and everything's getting pushed down the road until it's too late. And then it's going to be the locker room clean-out interviews in May. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to get them next year, like we've been saying for the past fucking 31 years, since 89, right? So a club like this should not be going 31 years without winning a cup. In a big hockey city with yeah, devoted fans, a sold-out stadium every night. I, 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 if you're really thinking long-term, imagine we go, how, how long is it going to be? Another 31 years? I'll be dead. Well, I hope not. Are you oh, dead okay, I'll still be alive, but I mean... Well, I mean, you'll be teetering, but... <laughs> <laughs> Just seriously, think you'll about it, though. Break. Like, this actual game, if we lose to Ottawa, and you put this in perspective, we've lost three out of the last four games we played against Ottawa. Um, we got two out of a possible eight points. And then we play the Oilers on Saturday. Yeah, I'm just absorbing all of this in right now. But I don't see us. I don't. I don't. I really don't see us beat. Well, especially if we play like we did tonight again, we won't beat Ottawa. No. Um, Edmonton will kill us. Not literally, but they will kill us. Um. Then what? We make, I guess I guess the question I mean, we is we make like, Mike Smith look good. I know, and that's an embarrassment. In fairness, he's had a decent record so far this season, but that that is an aside. Um how many games do you say it takes before heads start rolling? Uh, it should be the Thursday game. You have to win on Thursday and you that's have your, to win that's on your Saturday. That's I feel like I feel like if you lose one of those two games, 
Um, something has to change. Well, I think for sure that if you lost the next yeah, one. If you lose the Ottawa game, that's it. That's that's the one of the two games. If you lose the Edmonton game, if you lose the Edmonton game in blowout circumstances, that's it. If you lose it... Like uh, one nothing or 2-1. Sure, I can settle for... I, I, but yeah. It still doesn't change We're the not going to lose lost. one nothing. No, I know. Edmonton's not winning a and game then by we, one goal. And then we play Ottawa on Sunday... Well, if we lose the next realistically three, like... <laughs> to save your job, I I'd be telling someone in the players like you need to be three out of three here. Yeah, I agree. But we're at that point. We will see. Yeah. You got anything else? No, and we're actually. I know. Perfect time. Yeah, everything's perfect. You're gonna have to move it a little bit because, well, we as always, you know, I, I always think to myself I should start the podcast by thanking the fans, but I. But I never do because, I don't know, I just forget. But really, genuinely, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we truly appreciate that. And we love interacting and just, I feel slightly better, but not really after getting this off my chest. I feel like and, Tyler's just trying to fill time so that we don't have to move. The- no, I'm, I'm expressing <laughs> my feelings to our listeners if they're still listening at this point. But I'll put uh, on some sappy music at this point. <laughs> we do appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening. And... You know, it's been gloomy, but let's stick it through and maybe, maybe, maybe March holds better things for us. So it's been episode 60 of the Flames Fancast. Thanks so much for listening. Have yourselves a wonderful night. Bye-bye.